Chapter Four of the Last Stroke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Last Stroke by Lawrence L. Lynch. Chapter Four. Ferrers. Robert Brierly caught his breath. And your reason? He gasped. For you have a reason other than the mere fact of the bullet wound in the neck I have seen just such deeds in the Wild West and I know how they are done But this is also professional knowledge Besides man call reason to your aid. Oh, I expect too much the hurt is too fresh You can only feel now, but the man shot by accident be it by his own hand or that of another is not shot twice good heavens no but when one who creeps upon his victim unawares shoots him from behind and as he falls fearing the work is not completed shoots again the victim as you must see receives a wound further to the front as the body falls forward and partially turns in falling do you see do you comprehend yes Briley shuddered Briley, this talk is hurting you cruelly let us drop details or postpone them Not the essential ones. I must bear what I must go on doctor. I quite agree with you It looks like a murder and we must I must know the truth Must find the one who did the deed doctor advise me About how to begin no time should be lost That means a good detective as soon as possible do you chance to know any of these gentry i no indeed i suppose a telegram to the chief of police allow me broke in dr barnes may i make a suggestion anything i seem unable to think and no wonder i know the right man for you if he is in chicago you see i was in hospital practice for several years and have also had my share of prison experience while thus employed i met a man named ferrers an englishman who for some years has spent the greater part of his time in this country in chicago in fact there's a mystery and a romance attached to the man or his history he's not connected with any of the city offices but he is one of the three retired detectives retired that is from regular work who work together at need when they feel a case to be worth their efforts i think a case like this will be certain to attract ferris and he is your choice of the three the doctor smiled the others are married he said and not so ready to go far afield as is ferrers you think him skilful none better then do you know his address Briley got up and began to walk about his eyes beginning to glow with the excitement so long suppressed because we can't get him here too soon i agree with you but now one more thing to give him every advantage he should not be known and the inquest should not begin until he is here can that be managed i think so Briley was now nervously eager he seemed to have shaken off the stupor which at first had seemed to seize upon and hold him and his questions and suggestions came thick and fast it ended of course in his putting himself into the doctor's hands and accepting his plans and suggestions entirely and very soon dr barnes having given his factotum distinct instructions as regarded visitors and inquiries had set off 
his medicine case carried ostentatiously in his hand not for the telegraph office but for the cottage close by where hilda grant found a home it was a small neatly kept cottage and mrs marcy a gentle kindly widow and the young teacher were its only occupants the widow met him at the door her face anxious her voice the merest whisper doctor tell me do you think she will really be ill why no mrs marcy at least not for long it has been a shock of course a great shock but she ah doctor she is heartbroken i i think i surely may tell you it will help you to understand they were engaged and for a little while such a pitiful little while it seems now they have been so happy the doctor was silent a moment his eyes turned away and now went on the good woman she will be lonelier than ever you know she was very lonely here at first she has no relatives nearer than a cousin anywhere in the world to her knowledge and he has never been to see her he lives in chicago too not so far away yes surely he ought to visit her now really just ask her if he may come up mrs marcy i am glad you told me of this thank you it will help me ten minutes later dr barnes was hastening toward the telegraph office where he sent away this singular and wordy message frank ferrers number blank street chicago your cousin miss hilda grant is ill and in trouble it is a case in which you are needed as much as i come if possible by first evening train walter barnes that will fetch him he mused as he hastened homeward ferrers never breaks a promise though i little expected to have to remind him of it within the year well began brierly when he entered his own door have you seen her was she willing willing and anxious she is a brave and sensible little woman she will do her part and she has never for one moment believed in the theory of an accident and she will receive me this evening she insists that we hold our counsel there in her presence at first i objected on account of her weakness but she is right in her belief that we should be most secure there and ferrers should not be seen abroad to-night we will have to take mrs marcy into our confidence in part at least but she can be trusted we will all be observed more or less for a few days but of course i shall put ferrers up for the night that will be the thing to do after he has spent a short evening with his cousin Briley once more began his restless pacing to and fro turning presently to compare his watch with the doctor's dutch clock it will be the longest three hours i ever passed he said and a great sigh broke from his lips but before the first hour had passed a boy from the telegraph office handed in a blue envelope and the doctor hastily broke the seal and read be with you at six twenty ferris when the first suburban train for the evening halted puffing at the village station dr barnes waiting upon the platform saw a man of medium height and square english build step down from the smoking car and look indifferently about him and heard the stranger say as he advanced toward the doctor who waited with his small medicine case in his hand pardon me is this dr dr barnes and when the doctor nodded he asked quickly how is she still unnerved and weak we have had a terrible shock 
for all of us when the two men had left the crowd of curious loungers behind them the doctor said it is awfully good of you ferrers to come so promptly at my call of course i could not explain over the wires but you understand i understand that you needed me and as i'm good for very little save in one capacity i of course supposed there was a case for me the evening paper however gave me or so i fancy a hint of the business is it the young schoolmaster the doctor started it seemed impossible that the news had already found its way into print someone has made haste he said scornfully someone always does in these cases and the journal has a special correspondent in every town and village in the country almost it was only a few lines he glanced askance at his companion as he spoke and it was reported an accident or suicide it was murder i thought so you why the victim was found so says the paper face downward or nearly so fallen forward those were the words was that the case yes well did you ever see or hear of a suicide who had fallen directly forward and face downward supposing him to have shot himself no no on the other hand have you ever noted that a man taken unawares shot from the side or rear falls forward if shot standing that is it is only when he receives a face charge that he falls backward i had not thought of that and yet it looks simple and rational enough and then while they walked down the quiet street running parallel with main and upon which mrs marcy's cottage stood the doctor told the story of the morning briefly but clearly adding at the end in telling this much i'm telling you actually all that i know all concerning miss grant too everything the doctor did not lift his eyes from the path before them and again the detective shot a side glance from the corner of his eye and the shadow of a smile crossed his face how does it happen that the brother is here so i was about to say opportunely he told me that he came by appointment but on an earlier train than he had first intended to take to pass sunday with his brother now see mused ferrers what little things done or left undone shape or shorten our lives if he had telegraphed to his brother announcing his earlier arrival there would have been no target practice but a walk to the station instead the doctor sighed and for a few moments walked on in silence then as they neared the cottage he almost stopped short and turned toward the detective i'm afraid you will think me a sad bungler ferrers i should have told you at once that robert brierly awaits us at mrs marcy's cottage robert brierly is that his name i wonder if he can be the robert brierly who has helped to make one of our morning papers so bright and breezy a rising young journalist in fact but it is probably another of the name i don't know he has not spoken of himself will it suit you to meet him at once we don't often get the chance to begin as would best suit us we hunters of our kind i would have preferred to go first to the scene of the death but i suppose the ground has been trampled over and over and besides i don't want to advertise myself until i am better informed at least go on we will let our meeting come as it will but things seldom went on as they would for long when frank ferrers was seeking his way toward a truth or fact they found mrs marcy at the door 
and she at once led them to the upper room which looked out upon the side and rear of the little lawn and was screened from inlookers as well as from the sun's rays by tall cherry trees at the side and thick and clinging morning glory vines at the back you'll be quite safe from intrusion here she murmured and left them as she had received them at the door if dr barnes had feared for his patient's strength and dreaded the effect upon her of the coming interview he was soon convinced that he had misjudged the courage and will-power of this slight soft-eyed low-voiced and unassertive young woman she was very pale and her eyes looked out from their dark circles like wells of grief but no tears fell from them and the low pathetic voice did not falter when she said after the formal presentation and before either of the others had spoken i have asked to be present at this interview mr ferrars and am told that it rests with you whether i am admitted to your confidences charles brierly is my betrothed and i would to god i had yielded to his wish and married him a week ago then no one could have shut me out from aught that concerns him living or dead in the sight of heaven he is my husband for we promised each other eternal faithfulness with our hands clasped above his mother's bible francis ferrars was a singular mixture of sternness and gentleness of quick decision at need and of patient considerateness and he now took one of the cold little hands between his own and gently but firmly led her to the cosy chair from which she had arisen you have proved your right to be here and no one will dispute it but we may need your active help soon as much as we need and desire your counsel and your closer knowledge of the dead man now in moments of intense feeling conventionalities fall away from us and strong soul speaks to strong soul while they waited the coming of the doctor and francis ferrars hilda grant and robert brierly had been unable to break through the constraint which seemed to each to be the mental attitude of the other and then too both were engrossed with the same thought the coming of the detective and the possibilities this suggested for underlying the grievous sorrow of both brother and sweetheart lay the thought the silent appeal for justice as inherent in our poor human nature as is humanity itself but hilda's sudden claim her prayer for recognition struck down the barrier of strangeness and the selfishness of sorrow than which sometimes nothing can be more exclusive in the mind and heart of robert brierly and he came swiftly to her side as she sank back pallid and panting upon her cushions miss grant my sister no other claim is so strong as yours it was to meet you to know you that i set out for this place to-day in my poor brother's last letter you shall read it soon he said i am going to give you something precious rob a sister it is to meet her that i have asked you to come just now i claim that sister and need her now if never before don't look upon me as a stranger but as charlie's brother and yours he placed his hand over hers as it rested weakly upon the arm of her chair and as it turned and the chill little fingers closed upon his own he held it for a moment and then releasing it gently drew a seat beside her and turned toward the detective mr ferrars your friend has assured me that i may hope for your aid is that so 
when i have heard all that you can tell me i will answer replied ferrars if i see a hope or chance of unravelling what now looks like a mystery should it be proved a mystery i will give you my promise and my services he had seated himself almost opposite hilda grant and while he quietly studied her face he addressed the doctor tell me he said all you know and have been told by others and be sure you omit not the least detail beginning with the appearance of mr duran at his office door with the panting and perspiring black pony the doctor detailed their drive and his first sight of the victim reviewing his examination of the body in detail while the detective listened attentively and somewhat to the surprise of the others without interruption until the narrator had reached the point when accompanied by Briarly, he had followed the hearse with its pitiful burden back to the village then ferrars interposed a moment please taking from an inner pocket a broad flat letter case and selecting from it a printed card which with a pencil he held out to the doctor be so good he said as to sketch upon the blank back of this the spot where you found the dead man the mound in full with the road indicated above and beyond it i remember you used to be skilful at sketching things End of chapter 4